Hi, I'm Irwin McManus. I want to welcome you to the Mosaic Podcast. I want to also bring you into some exciting things that are happening here. If you go to the Mosaic app, you will learn about our conference coming up this year, about MSC's new album and their tour across the country. And you can learn how to connect and be more involved in Mosaic in so many different ways. And by the way, we now have the Mosaic YouTube channel. And you can go access not only these talks, but other fresh and new materials that are being created specifically for that channel. And so if you want to be connected in a richer and fuller way, uh, not only be a part of the podcast, get to the Mosaic app and get to the channel, and we'll see you there. All right. You remember last week? Remember last week? Love Life's toughest questions? Yeah? Yeah? That was last week. <laughs> that is not this week. And last week, I'll just do a little recap for you. Erwin, thank you so much. <laughs> there was that. There was that over there. And then there was some of that, and there was that over there, and then there was that. And, you know, he wrapped it up beautifully. Thank you, Erwin. <laughs> All right, but if, I hope you don't feel like we bait and switched you. I, I, I did not know I was speaking. I did not know, and Erwin, Erwin's like, he asked, he asked, he asked, and I said, no, 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 no. And I didn't feel like it, it was a good thing for me, a good thing for you. <laughs> um, uh, so... So I know it's Mother's Day, and traditionally women have to preach, you know, on Mother's Day. Well, but it's life's toughest questions, right? And when life's simplest questions come around, call me, but I really didn't want to do it in this series because of that. Because that mess. And I thought, oh, you know, I could bring out the board and do that whole thing, but let me be me, okay? Let's do that. Is that all right with you? That's all right. If that's all right, some of the questions were like this for this week. There is a lot of questions. But... Like, like I thought, okay, based on, based on what, based on my issues, <laughs> uh, the questions were like this. How do you, how do you, Erwin and I are different. <laughs> it's true. How do you feel, uh, how do you feel God's presence? That was one question. Uh, number two was, will God's voice disappear from speaking to you if you don't listen? And three is, I can't stop wondering if women should be preaching at all. Oh. We will not be dealing with question number three today. Uh, Based on the obvious, uh, one is, I will try to be the most obedient I can person who wrote that question, and you do the same, and we'll see that it all works out. Uh, But question number two, question number two is, really got me thinking because last night, very late, I was washing dishes. That's not what got me thinking because that's not very interesting. Uh, but I was washing dishes last night and, uh, and I started feeling really excited and I didn't understand. I was like, okay, okay, what was I thinking of? What was the last thing I was thinking of? Was I thinking about that movie? What made me excited about that movie? I don't know what that movie was. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I got to remember this. What was it? I'm feeling so excited. What is this? And was it about that book I read? I don't know about that book I read. I can't remember a thing. What is it? And then I just started getting, like, it, this excitement was building. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, God doesn't speak me usually through excitement, you know. But um, he clearly said, you're going to speak tomorrow. And that was late. And there's nothing about dishwashing that prepares you for this stage. <laughs> and uh, I just thought, oh, wow. I, I have not been open to that possibility all week. Is that the reason you didn't talk to me about that? Because of the numerous, time, numerous times I had said no. 
And, um, and so then it kind of threw me into a thing. I said, I'm just going to take my Bible. I'm going to put it on the kitchen counter. I'm just going to start reading it. God, if you've got something to say, would you please say it? Because I knew exactly what he had to say. Because he'd been trying to get through to me for weeks. And I was really closed. I closed my Bible. I closed my conversations with my friends. I, closed, I just closed off to Erwin especially. I don't talk to him especially. The poor man is so beaten down. He sends me a text yesterday saying, I'm sorry for everything. <laughs> everything. He's sorry for everything. I, that's the point I have beaten. I, I, I felt terrible. I said, I'm, I guess I haven't spoke to him. Like, and Aaron, you know, Aaron is more in your face. He's like, okay, mom. Hi. So good to see you today. Why are you closing us out? And why are you so cold to us? <laughs> I don't, I didn't want to talk to him either. And so I've been ignoring him. Even though when he brings, you know, he's like, he texts me the night before. I'm so proud of you. I didn't respond. I didn't think it was worthy. <laughs> I don't know it was worthy. So I'm just going to talk to you about my life's toughest questions. When it's really dark and you've made some bad decisions, will God talk to you again? Will God talk to you again? Will he come to you? And, 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 you know, in this house, we would say, oh, yes, yes, yes. It's fine, dear. It's fine. It's fine, dear. But it's not always fine. And it's, sometimes it's so dark that you don't know what you've done to make it so dark. That you've gone around and you've turned off all the lights in the house. You know? What is it? Well, I'm telling you, I'm just up here. I'm just up here trying to obey because I don't want to be up here a lot. You know, I love you people, but sometimes our stuff just gets in the way of you and what God wants to do. So I'm just going to open. I'm trying to be obedient up here, if that's okay with you. I'm trying to do my thing, if you can do your thing. Because I, I tell you, one of the, 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 the overwhelming things I've felt is that if you will go up there tomorrow, Kim, there is somebody that you're supposed to speak to. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. I don't even know if you're in this room. I know there's a few people over there in the podcast or live stream. You know, but if you're in this room, there is something God wants to say to you like he said to me last night. And I didn't even understand it. And that's the great thing about God and how he speaks with us. You don't even have to understand it. You don't have to understand everything, do you? But the pieces will come together a little bit at a time. So if you don't mind, I hope some of your pieces come together this morning. Because I had a breakthrough. I had a, the opposite of a breakthrough for the last couple of weeks. And now I had a breakthrough. And so I'm only up here by the grace of God. I love this verse um, in, in Hebrews. I think it's like 4 or 5. It says, in confidence, you can go and before the throne of God, God and you will receive mercy and grace. Well, I know that you eat confidence for breakfast, but I don't. I am not a confident human being. I know that you like, you like your, your middle name is confidence and you shampoo with confidence and, <laughs> and you, you eat people out of confidence. You know, you just do that. Like you, this city 
is raised on confidence. I'm so, I'm just so impressed with this generation and how confident you are. And I never was, I never was that because all the messages I got were like whatever the opposite of that was. And so I became like, oh, so that's the thing, part of the thing I've been struggling with. God, I want to come to you with confidence, but there's some stuff I have to deal with. Look, David did the same thing in, in, in Psalms, in Psalm 17. This is what David said. David the king. And he was in a terribly dark place. People all around him were doing things that were tearing him apart. He says, I call on you. Who is you? My God. I call on you, my God. Say it together. For you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. David said that. You know why David said that? If you read the Psalms, you you realize David said that 10,000 times in the Psalms. It gets repetitious so much, I don't even want to read it again. It's because familiarity. Well, I just, like, that was his pattern. I call on you, God, because I am desperate for you 10,000 times, for you will answer me. I come to that place. I wasn't at that place. He said he was in a very terrible place. He goes, turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. In verse 7, it goes like this. Show me the what? Ah, the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand. Isn't it beautiful? But sometimes, I mean, I can, I can do the praying and it doesn't mean anything. And this last week or two, I haven't been doing the praying and I haven't been reading the word and I haven't been hearing God and I just shut it down. And I said, you know why? You know why? You know why? I, I, I well, I know why. I, it was anxiety. And I'm not a fearful person. I don't deal with anxiety very well. I mean, I don't, de- I don't have anxiety very much. But this week was not one of those weeks. And so when it says, show me the wonders of your great love, all these phenomenal things were happening, and I couldn't see it. I couldn't participate in it. I couldn't. God used five guys to talk to me because I wouldn't listen to his word. I wouldn't meet him in prayer. He used five guys, not the hamburger joint. (laughs) I thought about that. Five guys. That smells good. You know. You know, one was one guy was Irwin. You know, I've sat under his teaching for many, many years, beyond the 33 years we've been married, and the man never ceases to amaze me. And I wasn't amazing, or he wasn't amazing this week, right? <laughs> so when you fall way beyond the standard of where you're supposed to be, uh, you can't see the wonders of God's love. And so when you when you come on over to when you come over to Proverbs five twenty one, it says this. I love this. It says, for your ways, every one of us, your ways are in full view of the Lord. And he examines all your paths. You, you know, there isn't any attitude you can have that he doesn't see straight through it. Any motivation, any intention, your passion, your obsessions, all of your shame and your guilt and your filth and your brilliance. God sees it all. Isn't that phenomenal? Anybody think that's phenomenal? If you think that, if your question is like mine, can God hear me, meet me, be personal, talk to me again? If that's your question, then I don't know if it's a huge question at all. It just is phenomenal that he would even be here with me. 
And I've seen God. He's met me in the cloud and he's met me in the rain and he's met me on mountaintops with wind blowing. And he's talked to me through Rosie from Bangladesh and through, through Esther from Arusha, Tanzania and through Pakistani in the jungles of Indonesia. All those people have spoken into my life. I, I'm on a journey. It says, he says, your path, your path for your ways are in full view of the Lord. And he examines all your paths. That word for path is like, you're traveling back and forth. Oh, and you go to work, and you come back home, and you go to work, and you come back home. You go to church, and this is your path, and these are your people, and look at all this community. And look at you, get your cart, and you travel to the market, and get your big old wheels. And I guess it, it, it was written several thousands of years ago. But this path is like, it's like the grooves in the path have made ruts and tracks and your feet have gone there and they've come back and it says all of the ways that you have chosen to live your direction for your life the choices have you made i see them all i see them all when you're lying got it heard it when you're obnoxious when you're stressed when you're overwhelmed when you're beautiful, when you get your promotion, when God gives you your promotion, he says, I see the whole picture. Some days, do you understand he's in the room with you? Do you understand he's with you? That all that creative juices he's excited about, all that brilliance that you have, all that beauty, he's excited about it. He says, I see it all. So don't think that you're hiding anything from me in the dark. So if we can start there and talk about paths and hearing God's word and hearing God's uh, uh, messages for our hearts, I want us to, to, to talk about that just for a little bit. Okay, so, so the next guy that spoke to me this week was not just Erwin and, and how he loved me and how, you know, all that, but it was going to, the, <laughs> it was going to a wedding in San Diego and, Jess and Jessica and Evan got married and and I drive back from San Diego. I'm exhausted. I'm so frustrated with all the traffic. And, and I know it's a long drive. And can you get lost going from San Diego to L.A. when there's only one freeway? <laughs> and it's the five. The five north. Or you'll end up in Mexico. So here I was on the five doing very well. But I have a GPS. Didn't get me there. I have ways. Um... No, it didn't get me there. And, and I was very distracted. And that's what happens when you get, you know, you get sidetracked, right? And somehow I ended up on the right lane and it took me to Laguna Niguel. And I was like, oh my. And, and I could see my anxiety just rise, just rise. And I had been in traffic for hours and on the road for hours previously. And I'm just like so upset until I see a Chick-fil-A. Then I'm like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> I know. I'm good now. But I felt, I felt, okay, when I leave here, I'm going to take a left, and I'm going to get on the five right up there. It's got to be there. That's what Waze says. And then, when I, and then when I leave the parking lot, all you could do is turn right. And the moment I turned, I knew I couldn't turn left. And it aggravated me. I looked down the Waze, and it said, in 0.8 miles, make a legal U-turn. Too long. Too far. Too far. So in a split second, I decided, before I got introduced my second gentleman, that I would make an illegal U-turn. And it was so illegal, the police officer was waiting right at the illegal U-turn for me. And I I just confounded him. I was like an anomaly to him. Because I could see him 
except I couldn't. And I ran almost right into him. And he tried to block my way so I wouldn't do the illegal thing. And I, all I could know was I don't want to go 0.8 miles and make a legal U-turn. I could go right there. Five, five's right. It's got to be right there. And he, his lights came on like, boom. And I just pulled over. I rolled my windows down and I said, sir, I'm guilty. <laughs> guilty. And I think that just shocked him. He said, where have you been? I said, I just came, I was in a wedding in San Diego. He said, how much have you had to drink? I said, I know, I don't drink. This is me. Sober. I am sober and I do things like this. He goes, why did you do this? I tried to stop you. I said, I know. I'm lost. I'm lost. I didn't tell him the part about I wasn't going all the way down the road and turn around, but I was like, I said, go ahead and give me the ticket. He took all my information and he came back and he was still confounded. He goes, I don't understand. I don't understand. You have that thing on your dashboard. I know the GPS not always correct, so I use Waze. And he's like, you've got to let that thing go. He was like, now giving me a little lecture. And then all the way back to his car, he, get, he was fussing at me. I was like, where are you going? Where are you going? So police officer in Laguna Niguel, thank you for not giving me a ticket. And um, the thing about that is um, when you don't pay attention and you start getting distracted, you understand you're going to veer some way, right? You're going you're gonna to veer off. And even though the Lord sees your path, he sees everything about you, you're, he's going to let you go. He's going to let you go. And some things are going to happen. And I was so overwhelmed with distraction after distraction. And, 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 and I was so upset at myself for making all of these wrong turns that I make the big wrong turn. You see? I don't know if that... It taught me a lesson. The lesson was this. When I got on the right way and I'm crying. I'm not crying with tears of gratitude that Mr. Laguna Nagel, police officer, let me go. And I didn't have to pay that astronomical. I, I deserve that ticket. I was so guilty. I, didn't, I wasn't grateful for that. I was just so upset that I got pulled over. That I got pulled over. I'm such a white woman. I was so, and I was like driving down the road. And I was, I, then I just, it all turned to shame. Like, who am I? What am I? What, is, what have I become? Can I not see the mercy and grace that God just gave me when I was just so out of it? You know, I don't know what you're like under stress or what you're like in need. I just know that God made me 58 years old right now. And all of that is catching up with me. And I think some of the anxiety comes with you're facing old age. You're facing a new life. You're facing a new transition in life. And, and things, aren't, things are changing. Things are changing. I don't do very well with change. And so, and, and as good as it is, I, I, don't, I don't feel old. I don't, don't, don't feel sorry for me for that. I don't feel that way at all. I just know things are shifting. And it's causing in me a crisis. I don't know if you have a crisis. But my crisis is called anxiety. And even though I'm not an anxious person, I went to the scriptures last night. Because Lord knows I didn't have time to prepare for this thing. <laughs> All right. This is where we're going to land. 
Proverbs 4.18, it says this. Proverbs 4.18. The path, the well-worn, worn, rutted path, the path that leaves all your tracks on it. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun. It's shining ever brighter to the full light of day. That's what we were meant. That was God's plan for us. But the way of the wicked, the way of the shameful, the way of the guilty is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. And I don't know where, how I got in this situation of being like in a dark place. I don't consider myself wicked, okay? So I'm not like one to say like, oh, I'm so, so, I'm so, so bad. I do wicked things. There are times when you do wicked things. Yes? I know you, some of you. We, we have periods of time where we don't do the right thing. The, the wicked part here is this contrast between someone who ignores the voice of God and a person who is obedient to the voice of God. That is the wickedness, yes? We don't call um, not listening to Jesus a sin. A sin, that thing that separates you from God. We don't like to say that, but that's what it is. Whenever you close off yourself and you refuse to listen to correction, or you refuse to make something right that's wrong, or you refuse the voice of a God who loves you and is for you and is talking to you, whenever you do that, you're, cause, you're, shutting, you're shutting almighty, powerful God down. And he, he, there will never be anyone more for you than the God of this universe. Do you understand that? And when we say no, 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 no in our spirits, we're, we're creating a path for ourselves, a course of life, the decisions of life that is leading us into a very dark place, a very dead-end place, a very aimless place. And so then the, those, path, those path patterns begin, okay, he speaks. I don't want to listen. I'm not into it. He speaks. I'm too tired. Okay? He speaks. I don't want it. He speaks. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. That's really God speaking. Really? Really? He speaks. I ignore it. He speaks. I ignore it. He speaks. I ignore it. And do you think that he will stop speaking? He will stop speaking. I cannot shut down communication with my family and expect anything healthy to come out of that relationship. He will stop speaking to you and he will stop gently corralling you in the right decisions if you will not listen to his voice. What is his voice? How do we hear his voice? His voice. Okay, we're going to look through this. I love that, that David, in, he gave a pattern for his son who would lead after and that was King Solomon. And now King Solomon is teaching his sons this same kind of pattern. He said, look, he's like, he's like, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not even know what makes them stumble. That word in the Hebrew, because the, the, the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew, that word stumble refers to the weak and the weak and the broken and the diseased. That they have stumbled and they've stumbled out of control and they don't even know why because they're stumbling in darkness. I understand that kind of weakness. I understand. I understand that anxiety will make you and put you in places that you don't have any control over. I understand that. And it, it's the little things that build into big things and it's the big things that we make and ignore it and so then they become insurmountable. And then the walls are impossible to climb over and we can't see it 
and we can't see the future God has for us, and we can't see even ourselves and what God is trying to make for us. And so it just becomes overwhelming. And why is it so overwhelming? It's overwhelming because it is bigger than we are. But we can't have those path patterns like that. You may have a season of that. You may have um, um, a time of that, but that is never supposed to be your life because then you're going to end up in a totally derailed. Are you following me? Are you listening? Are you paying attention? Look at this. It says, my son, pay attention to what I'm saying. Pay attention. Look at me. Do, Do I have your attention? It says, turn your ear to my words. Turn your ear to my words. There was a time in Hebrews. I'm going to read this in the message Bible in Hebrews. It says this, um, this is now the New Testament. The authors are telling the first century church to do this. It says, look, in, in Hebrews 3, it says, So watch your what? So watch your step, friends. Pay attention. That's what he's saying. Pay attention. Make sure there's no evil what? Don't Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that, you will, that will trip you up and throw you where? Diverting you from the living God. For as long as it's still God's today, keep each other on your what? Keep each other on your toes so that sin doesn't slow down your... Wow. That separation from God that we call sin slows down our reflexes. If, you, if we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for how long? The long haul. Right? You have to think of it like that. You have to think, this is my, the span of my life. And God is in it for the rest of my life. If you are a follower of Christ, he is never leaving you. He is never separating. He will never, ever, for one second of your existence, ever leave you. He's always there. He's always there. He's always in the game. He's always in the game for you. He's always loving you. So all of the movement and all the disconnection we feel comes from our own. He says, well, please, um, these, are the words keep, these words keep ringing in my ears, in our ears. Today, please listen and don't turn what? A deaf ear as in the bitter uprising. And when was the bitter uprising? Last week for me. For, the, for who were the people who turned a deaf ear? Weren't they the ones Moses led out of Egypt? And who was God provoked with for 40 years. Wasn't it those who turned a deaf ear and ended up corpses in the wilderness? And when he swore that they'd never get where they were going, wasn't he talking to the ones who turned a deaf ear? They never got, they never got there because they never what? And they never, they never listened and they never believed. And that was that history of Israel and that period of 40 years after God led them out of Egypt followed the Israelites all throughout their heritage, all the way into their stories today. Yeah, that's not your life. That's not supposed to be your legacy. That's not supposed to be your family's legacy. This is a new legacy. I love the part where it says, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. You know what a reflex is, right? It's like... It's like, what is, what is it? Reflexes are all about improving your peripheral vision and having them re- reaction time. Being dependent on being aware of what's coming, right? So you, your reflexes. How do, how do you have spiritual reflexes that are strong? How do you have that? So that, like, you won't be taken down. 
these are some, these are some spiritual strengthening reflexes. I try to live these out. I didn't do a very good job this week. One, it's practicing, practicing over and over and over and over this presence of God in my space that I am committed to. It is coming in and saying, you are welcome here in my home. You are welcome in my heart. It's a practice. It's a way of life. It makes a path for you. Yes? That's one spiritual exercise. It's the practice of the presence of God in you. Two. It is this internal stillness that is tuned in to the voice of God. I know I have tried to practice this over the last few months. When things begin to escalate and, and heated and louder and more chaotic, I try to find that place of internal stillness that is connected to God where I'm thinking to myself, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. Can I do this? I'm listening. And no matter how externally everything gets out, because I'm very, um, I'm an extrovert, extrovert, so I internalize all the energy that's, you know, in the room. And if you're not happy, I'm not happy, but this is not the time. Because if we're going to have really good spiritual reflexes that lead us down a great path, we have to have this internal stillness. Number three, that we focus on a yes. Yes, I am here. If you, I mean, like, I know that some of you do yoga and it's all about focusing concentration. I'm not a very focused person. I'm constantly, you know, being distracted by everybody, by everything that's moving in this room. Stop. Be still. All right. All right. Do it now. I, I dismissed Felix in the last gathering. I said, you're coughing too much. Get out. You know. He wasn't. Um, good, but I've been there, so I'm like, I gave him permission, Right. So it's this point of saying, I, I am mentally focused to say before you, God, yes, I am here. Yes, I am here. It took everything I could do today to, to show up and be here on the stage. This is an easy, it's not an easy place to be, but I am focused on God. Yes, I am here. And when you move down your path in obedience with the yes, I am here in the right place, when God says move, you move. When God says pack up your bags and move, then you pack up your bags and you move. And that's called obedience. That's listening and obeying. Listening being that you hear some information of truth and you respond quickly. That makes you a wise person. That makes you better equipped for the journey ahead. Yes? And so when you focus on, yes, I am here, God, God will respond to that. He sees your heart. And he says, I'm looking, I'm examining, I'm waiting, I'm looking for hearts. They're totally mine. Totally mine. And when you take that practice of focusing and saying, yes, God, Sam, Samuel said, um, uh, I'm here, God, speak to me. I'm, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening. It says that, and, and this is number four, that you have a posture of attentiveness. You have a posture of sensitivity. I'm paying attention, God. I'm listening. When you are completely and utterly distracted and distractible, you can't hear anything. You can't hear the person yelling for help outside. You can't see things in your peripheral vision and your reflexes are going to be really slow. That's why, you know, it breaks my heart when we have so much homelessness in and around this area and 
we've just become our pr- slow to respond in so many ways, right? And so then the next one is this. The last one is that you, you have a rest about you, that you rest. It's, a, it's, a, it's what we have to do. It's what we have. We have to sleep and we have to rest in order to perform in the game tomorrow or we're not going to be at our best. Well, there is a spiritual rest also. There is a spiritual rest that says, I will wait up on the Lord. I will wait and I will sit and rest in him. A confidence. It's quiet. It's like I accept your work in my life. And I relax in that. I am not overly agitated. I am not trying to create something that's not there. I am not believing lies. I am not trying to fake or force something that is not there. I would love to preach the best message ever, ever, ever entire the world that it answers all of life's toughest questions right now, but I'm not fit to do it. I will do what I can do this morning for you right now, but that's all I can do. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. And I am learning, you know, I am learning. I am learning. Another guy came to my house this week. I didn't know him from Adam. His name was Sergio. His wife pastors in San Diego. What's with San Diego? Came up to my house. They have this huge church in San Diego. And he looks at me and he says, you need to write the book. Now, my anxiety is caused because of this one book that I'm supposed to be writing that will not be written even though I'm writing a bunch of stuff that means nothing. <laughs> it acts like, I act like I'm getting organized. I act like I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I, I'm sitting down in my office. <laughs> nothing. And so all the anxiety is just building and building and building. And then he says, you need to write the book. He says, I'm writing the book with the same publisher. My wife's writing a book. Both of you writing a book. That's great. And he says, Kim... And from the Spirit of God, he spoke to me. He said, Kim, your writing this book is connected to you and your son. And when you write this book, it'll be freedom for your son. I turned to him and I said the most spiritual thing I could muster. Who are you? You don't know me. (laughs) You don't know me. How can you say things like that? He goes, I'm only saying what I think. God is telling me to say, and it wasn't an arrogant, you know, like in your face prophecy, I'm going to smack you upside the head thing. It was just gentle. And I received it in awe. People don't talk to me like that. Get out of my house. Put down the stake. Leave right away. Such a kind, kind man. And then we had another visitor. We had all the staff over, John Gordon, who's written 15 books. Just released his last book, Pop. Power of Positive Leadership. (laughs) The best guy, the best guy. He looks and he says, Kim, why will you not write? And I said, I'm afraid. He said, you're afraid. What are you afraid of? And I said something like, I'm afraid of writing a bad Christian book. But I know that's not right. I know that's not right. It's just another one of my excuses. And would you like to hear the rest? No, no, no. He said, what is the thing that casts out fear? What is it? Perfect love, it says in the Bible, casts out all fear. 
He goes, Kim, you've got to get to a place where the person you're writing for, you love them so much more than the fear that's driving you not to write. Can you do that, Kim? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But it sounded so good and it sounded like water from God to me. It's getting me along that path and it's opening me up a little bit more and it's reducing my anxiety just a, just a little bit more, right? And so this is a scripture it says, it says, do, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words, my words, my words. My is just like a word in English, who cares? But in Hebrew, it means, yes, I am here. That's the kind of words it is. God is not only wanting you to say, yes, I am here. He is saying to you, my, my, my words is, yes, I am here words. I am here for you words. I'm here specifically for you. I'm here intentionally for you. I have a specific word for you. I don't even know who you are, but I know it's somebody out here that God is trying to get your attention. I don't know. I think somebody is at the very edge. I don't know. Emotionally, they're about to leave. Don't leave. You're about, to, you're, you're about to make some drastic, difficult decision, and it's going to be the wrong one, and you've got to stop yourself right now. You just stop yourself, and you need to pay attention to what God is trying to get your attention to. to pay attention to, you know. <laughs> you've got to pay attention. You've got to know these things are for you. They're not just for me. The only problem is sometimes I, I think I'm the one that's supposed to be teaching people. And God is saying, I want you to know this is just for you and maybe a few other people. But not, not ev- for everybody. And I fear coming out and trying to teach something in a state that I'm in. But I realize that God, the love, the love that God has for me, and his love is wondrous. He teaches through, and he says, I want you to do this, Kim, and I want you to do it right now, and it is a test. Do not let my words out of your sight. My words, my words, why don't you say, don't let them out of your ears, but out of my sight, how can words be sight? He said, I am doing this thing. I am, I am creating something in you. I am creating it. I'm the one who's creating it. And I want you to pay attention. And it's got words to it. It's got, it says, keep them within your heart. Memorize the words. He says, I'm painting something in you. I'm envisioning something in your life. I am wanting to regenerate your life. I want something new out of it. You're dying. You're on the edge. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come back. Come back. Get on the path. Get on the path. You were on it once. And if you were never on it, get on it today. I I can't see that sometimes. I can't see the different me. I can't see the future me. The future me. It says, keep my words in your heart and I will show you how to envision them. I will show you passion and love and obsession and obsession for my word. It says in verse 22, for these words of mine are life. Life. They're life. That means they're nourishment. They're they're health to you, to those who find them. I'm not going to do this by myself, God says. You're going to have to search. You're going to have to search and you're going to have to find and I will help you find them. But I'm not doing this by myself. Some of you are out there like, well, I'll pray about it. That's all I'll do, really. I will pray about it. And God said, no, this is hard work. I'm changing you. I'm changing the dynamics of your life and the trajectory of your life. And you will not get away with being lazy about it. You have to work for it. 
You will find it when you search for it. This is nourishment. This is life. And for some of you, it is life and death. And it says, and it's health to one's whole body. I love that word. They, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. That in the Hebrew, that word health, it means restoration. It means healing. It means you are curable. Your situation is not beyond God. It is curable. Do you hear that? Do you hear it? It says, guard your heart. Look, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. You better take care of that heart, that, that, that center of you, that spirit in you that God is trying to work through. Because he is, he is doing something. He is creating something. It is him who is painting that new vision of you. It is him who is painting that new self of you. Right? And if we don't pay attention to that, the, the best parts of life are going to be gone. I felt like that for me this week. For everything that God is doing in my heart flows out of it. Everything comes from that space. And you see it. You see it. Look. It says, keep your mouth free. Your mouth is connected to your heart. Free from what? Keep your mouth free. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep your mouth free from gossip and lies and, black and white lies and big lies and small lies and whatever else stuff you got going with your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes, because we know that the eyes are connected to the mouth or connected to the heart. Let your eyes look straight ahead. And fix your gaze directly before you. You know, don't turn around. Keep looking back. You know what? I found out that the past is never going to come back. It's gone. Uh, you can't undo the past. You can't reverse it. Um, you know, I, I hoped and hoped that my parents would come and make it right with me. They never did. And now they're gone. And I can't, I can't, I can't be but a little sad for this day. Because Mother's Day is always a little painful for me. Right? It's just a little painful because I realized I never, I never found that closure. That closure will never come for me and it may not ever come for you, but we're just keep our gaze ahead. We're to look to the future because the future is supposed to be brilliant. It's supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be phenomenal. And we're going to be a part of that. And it says, if you keep looking around to your right or left, you're going to get distracted. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you and you give careful thought. You give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways and do not turn to the right or the left you keep your foot from evil just one of them (laughs) just that one because where that one goes the whole body will follow you're not getting away with anything all right so the last person the last guy that spoke to me was this. Um, We were in a training last Sunday uh, at my house from Malawi. There's 34 of us going to Malawi in about a month. And we had this spiritual exercise on hearing God's voice. Will God speak? And will God speak to me again in this moment randomly? We had to take a piece of paper. We had to put our names on a piece of paper, dump it in a bucket, a jar, write a letter to someone in the room, just write what you hear God saying. Write it. Write it. Write it. And I wrote it. Man, I said, I knew who I'm, I'm writing for. I'm writing for Ryan. Right here. Right here. Right. I'm writing for him. I saw him. I thought, oh, yeah, he needs this. Because <laughs> that's what I do because I'm so, I'm so arrogant. I think, oh, yeah, God needs me to do something for him. 
But all the while, God was saying, I just want to get through to you, Kim. I just want to get through to you. Would you listen for a minute? And so it came his turn, right? And I'm written my letter for him. And it came his turn, and he opened his piece of paper. He read this letter, and he said, this is for you, Kim. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Let me read this. Let me read what this. And he read the whole thing. I was so embarrassed. It says, to my friend, I continue to ask God what word you need to hear from him. And he gave me a very specific word. And anxiety continues to come up when I ask. And I want you to know that God doesn't want anxiety to overwhelm you. He wants you to cast all your anxieties and fears on him. He wants you to experience the freedom that comes with putting your situation in his arms and knowing he will pull you through. Not sure who you are, but I know I love how much God cares for you. And I love how much he wants to give you freedom to pursue without holding back anything. He loves you. He's for you. Do not be afraid. And that was for me. Sunday, and I opened my heart up just a little to the possibilities, but I was so busy. I'm like, I just went through the motions of the following week. All right, so this is the last verse I'm going to leave you with. It says this in verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Isn't that a beautiful image? That... That God's best intention for us is that we would be on this path and that we, our lives, would be like the rising sun of day. That every, it, it, get, it keeps getting higher and higher and brighter and brighter and brighter. And the brighter we are and the, our path gets brighter and we, gets more, we, get, we get more clarity and we get more vision and we get more possibilities because it's all coming into the light. And we're... Not just to be in the light. We are supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be the light and the path for people, right? And our situation is only, our tread marks are only to make way for the next group of people that are going to come and tread that same path. And it is to show how they are supposed to go and how they're supposed to live. And if you were, if you were distracted and huddled, huddled in a pile on the side of the road, you will never make the mark you are meant to make. Do you hear me? Are you paying attention? The answer to this question is yes, God will hear you again. God will speak with you again. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Can we pray? Jesus. Jesus. I pray that curses and shame would fall away and that we would rise like the sun, that we would rise that you would bring us into a knowledge and understanding of who you are, that you are a loving God, that you are a protecting God and a guarding God and a, and a hopeful God and a God who will remove obstacles and, and, and will remove anxieties and remove darkness and will remove blinders and blind spots. And I just pray, Father, over this group, over the souls that fill the seats in this room and those all over the world, I pray for healing. I pray for wellness. I pray for completeness. 
I pray, Father, that your voice would speak directly right now into a space in their life and that we would deal honestly with who we are before you. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received. Allow it to go deeply to your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.